Well, it's a wishy-washy Wednesday and I ain't washed my clothes because I've been wearing them every day, I suppose. Why wash your clothes when nobody knows if you're wearing dirty, clean, or otherwise hose? Welcome to Pistol Shrimps Radio. It's Thursday and we're having a great time even if our songs don't (laughs) reflect the actual day that it is. My name is Mark McConville. It is completely Thursday. Matt Gorley coming to you one day from the past. I'm going to try to bet on sports. I'm betting on sports games and doing double worse. Future man two, past boy. (laughs) He had to grow up sometime. He had to get older to get younger. And he did. My name's Matt Gorley. Mark, did you say that? I didn't say what your name was. I said what mine was. And this is Pistol Shrimps Radio, the podcast where we normally call play-by-play of women's rec league basketball games, but then stopped doing that and started answering emails from people who used to listen when we called play-by-play of women's rec league basketball games. God bless those people for writing in and listening to this thing. So now this has just become us hanging out. In our perspective, in our own homes, not together. We, I'm in my home, and you're in your home, Matt. Yeah, and we've already had an hour of internet problems. So and we come to you, just baked, not on marijuana, but on the stresses of quarantine life. It's also very hot here in Los Angeles today. We're we're approaching Are you ninety. In your little uh, your little music shed. Do you not yeah, have well, AC in there? There's no AC in here. I don't know how you oh would my do God. it. It's not that bad until it's really hot in here at like 3, 4 o'clock once the sun really gets to work. I see. I pitched that Mark should come over and sit outside my office. I have these big windows that open up and I could run a mic out there and you could sit in the shade and then we could at least have some human connection from 10 feet away. But I said it's going to be 90 degrees. I don't really want to be baking out. Yeah, but now you're just sitting in a hot box. Yeah, at least I don't have the sun on me. This is, you'd be in total shade, Mark. Yeah, most of the time I am in total shade, Matt. <laughs> I don't really know what that anyway, means. Anyway, I miss you. I miss you too, pal. It's really been, uh, it's been a month. I think we yeah. have done this, no, we did not do so one in April. Did we do one in April? Hard to know. I don't know, but this is our third quarantine episode. I think, I think we did two in March and Maybe. none in April, which that seems impossible, but it, everything also seems possible when it comes to time. It's true. I've been strangely busy in this quarantine, and I'm jealous of everybody having all this downtime. Yeah, well, I've got enough downtime that I sort of reached out to you about a song by Dire Straits called Private Investigations, and I'd like to go line by line to figure out if this song is about a private investigator or is it about sex. I'd like to go line by line with you on this journey, Mark. All right. I have the lyrics right here, Matt. We're going to jump right into this Dire Straits Minute here on Pistol Shrimps Radio. It's a new segment for the show. It's a mystery to me. All right, you start with a pronoun. I don't know what the it is. So it's a double Uh, mystery. Well, but it's also, what a way to kick off a song. That's a hook. Like, it's a mystery to me. Oh, we're starting with a mystery? This is great. I mean, it's basically Memento, the song. Yeah, but is he talking about... So the song is called Private Investigation. So is he talking about, is the it someone's private parts? Wow. Okay. I know it's you, a mystery to you me. Mentioned this to me. Like my and joke have, there is private investigations. Like I, he's a man yeah. investigating 
a sexual partner's private areas. Private's investigation. You just move the S and you're good. <laughs> that, so maybe you've solved it, that I, I was wrong. It's a mystery still. Let's move on. The game commences. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that could be... You know, a little flirtation. Plus expenses. This is all... I'm not even reading this. Is that, Am I right? You're not reading it, and you're right. Uh, the usual, <laughs> for the usual fee plus expenses. Right. Confidential information, it's in a diary. So maybe this isn't about sex, because I don't know... Well, people probably write about their... The well, mystery of their body. Let's try to make body. it about sex. Yeah, or it could be that he's going to like a kind of like Heidi Fleiss higher class prostitution ring where they keep the information in a ledger, and that's what oh. it's paying for. Yeah, but it's a confidential ledger. You wouldn't want that to get out into the general public. And that's the like next the line, Fleiss thing. Yeah, the next line is, this is my investigation. It's not a public inquiry. It's a private's inquiry. He's going yeah. to inquire into someone's privates. For the usual fee plus expenses, that sort of tracks with this Heidi Fleiss line. All right. I go checking out the reports. Well, okay. Heidi Fleiss was known to issue copious sex reports. Yeah. Digging up the dirt. You got to follow the money, right? You got to follow the money here. He's he's checking this out. You get to meet all sorts in this line of work. Well, that tracks. Wait, wasn't the movie about Heidi Fleiss called Dirt? No, I'm thinking of the Motley Crue thing. Still, there's lots of sex in there. Okay, that connects. Okay. And plus... What was dire, that last line? Dire Straits opened for Motley Crue on the Theater of Sex tour. Uh, hardly. It had to be the other way around. <laughs> you think Motley Crue would open for Dire Straits? Well, way before Dire Straits would open for them. They were huge. That's true. Yeah. Who's the drummer in, in Dire Straits? I don't know. You don't, Do you think he's ever hung upside down and did a drum solo over an arena <laughs> full of people? I always want to say Wix Wiggins, but that's McCartney's drummer, right? Wix Wiggins. Like uh, <laughs> I'll I'll do the second verse for you here. I go checking out the reports, digging up the dirt. You get to meet all sorts in this line of work. And I'm assuming that's M-E-A-T. Yeah, meet all sorts. <laughs> Treachery okay, and treason, this- there's always an excuse for it. And when I find the reason, I still can't get used to it. Hmm. Maybe one of his sex workers stole some money from his wallet, or maybe he did. I'm yeah. assuming this is a true story written by Mark Knopfler in the first person. About his private parts investigations. Yeah. Maybe he's just investigating the Howard Stern movie. I hope so. And what have you got at the end of the day? What have you got to take away? A bottle of whiskey and a new set of lies. Blinds on a window and a pain behind the eyes. What's on the window? Blinds on the window. Oh. So this is being yeah. done behind closed doors. There's a little drinking involved. This tracks for me, man. He's a sex yeah, investigator. But that, that line sends a lot more film noir to me about the uh, femme fatale opening the door, coming in, having some whiskey, the shadow of the blinds. Are you yeah. saying there can't be sex investigations happening in the 20s, 30s, and 40s? Certainly there can. This could be about the Black Dahlia and be both. Scarred for life. No compensation. Private investigation. Mm. So as the detective, he's saying he doesn't get paid. But as the- but he, he says about the usual fee. So 
he doesn't get compensated for being scarred for life. There's no hazard pay for the private sex investigator. I see. Right. Maybe he fell in love with the sex worker. Happens all the time. Yeah. I feel like that's doing it right now. All right. This concludes Dire Straits lyric (laughs) deep dive. That's a short song. It's a long song with not many lyrics. Yeah. Because it's got that sax solo in it, doesn't it? I think the mystery continues. It does have a big, huge sax solo in it. All investigation. Music and lyrics by Mark Knopfler. All right, Matt. Now, we also talked about you have a beef with the television show Ozark and the house in it, and I would like to get into that. These are not even the emails. This is just you and I have not seen each other in long enough that we have business to attend to. This is the stuff that we put on the minutes for the agenda. That's right. The business of the meeting. Well, this has kind of been solved because in season three, they finally rectified it, kind of. So the problem is, if you've seen, there's no spoilers here for the show. But talk about the show a little bit. You have to set the scene a little bit. It's the most bleak show I've ever seen, so much so that there's an episode towards the end of season three that was so good, but so heartbreaking that I'm done watching the show. <laughs> Did you make it to the end? What, yeah. Do you know what episode I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I, 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 I believe that I do. That actor's performance is incredible, and it moved me so much that I hate the show. <laughs> <laughs> They're also the worst parents in television history. That's true. Well, are um, they? But their house, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to even. I don't even want to have pretenders to the throne. Though I would say like. Cersei and uh, the Kingslayer, they're not great. Yeah, but at least at least Jamie has Jamie has redeeming trying to protect their children. Right. Um, Also, Matt, seven seven blessings to you, by the way. Seven blessings to you, my liege. (laughs) They the long story short, and this isn't spoiler because it's the whole concept in the first episode. They have to move to the Ozarks to work for a drug cartel laundering money. But they end up buying this mid-century Ozark sort of like ranch style. It's partially A-framed in the center and then kind of goes out laterally. Yeah. But when it A-frames up at the top, there's just all these windows. And in the living room, there's a staircase up there. And they never go up there. And they never mention it. And and all along, because you know me, I can't watch a show without just immediately floor planning everything <laughs> and thinking about what it looks like, because it's an awesome house. And I was just like, it, and it's not a studio. They're shooting on location, because you can see the house is basically all windows in the living room, and it's the same outdoors, and it's not effects. And I was just thinking, like, is that where they just keep craft services and they don't want to shoot up there? What's going on? That would have been Finally. my that would have been my answer is that this is a location house and the owners didn't clear it completely out, and that some it of their personal effects are upstairs. That's the only or thing still I could live in there. I think you're right. They're still living there, like Buddy, the person from the yeah, house that they, yeah. they bought. What a nightmare but it would be in, to live in a house where they're making a TV show and just oh, in God. part of the house. Because I think there's a lot of people, especially in the Ozarks, who would think like, oh, that's cool. I'll do that. I'll live with all these celebrities and everything. And it would be miserable. It would be awful. Don't do that if that opportunity comes your way. You'll be walking on taped down four by eight cardboard sheets the rest of your life. And when you're not doing that, you'll be walking in Memphis. 
and you'll be private investigating. So in season three, he's having a fight with his wife and he takes some blankets. He says, I'm going to go sleep in the loft. And he walks upstairs and that, but that's it. You don't see the loft. No, you've never see the loft. It's like the Brady, it's a reverse Brady Bunch house. Right. Because the Brady Bunch house, they faked having a second story, which they didn't have. They had it in the interior set, but the outside, they put a fake window on the front of the house to make it look like it was split level. But the real house doesn't have, or at least it didn't at the time. I think they redid it for Lance Bass's home TV style renovation. I thought he was the loser in that, that he did not win the bidding war for that house. Yeah, HGTV won it. I think you're right. But didn't they let him in on the show or something? I hope so. Who cares? I know it's a part of TV history, but who gives a shit? Uh, There are so many movie houses and properties around LA. I don't understand the... I, I guess I understand historical preservation, but also, come on. Oh, I love it. I, I, Pasadena alone, not far from me, is the Wayne Manor from 60s Batman. Also, recently, we just went to see Eddie Van Halen's childhood home and David Lee Roth's childhood home. Also, Indiana Jones's house from Crystal Skull, you know, the big one. Sure. Is not far, too. The house from Topper, Clue, Bowfinger, all within walking distance. Uh, You're really living it up. Yeah. We also took a long drive. Oh, we went out to the west side and the beach. We didn't go to the beach. We just took a drive and uh, drove by O.J. Simpson's house. (laughs) I thought that was gone. It is. Couldn't find it, but it's still on the map. You put in O.J. Simpson's house and we couldn't find it. (laughs) But it comes up on the map. What a fun thing to do. You voice control, navigate to O.J. Simpson's house and it pops up. Calculating. With a big bloody knife for a little pin. Oh, no. Matt, we also asked the question, why do you drive on a parkway and park on a driveway? Because you're in bummer-to-bummer traffic. Get down. I feel like this is a legitimate question that does need answering, but I, it is weird. It's just weird. Why don't you park in a parkway and drive in a driveway? Dri- driveway on its own makes sense. You drive into it. Parkway? What kind of opposite jackass was doing that well you're talking to a fellow who grew up in an area of the country where we call the place where you put thousands of cars at one time a parking ramp you ever heard that yeah go to the go to the go to the parking ramp you're gonna go to the ball game (laughs) you got a parking ramp a they call them parking ramps it doesn't make any sense what is with this world i don't know man and then you also said all the chicken soup you ever need for your soul you learned in kindergarten from Gallagher. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I, mean, I don't... That just checks. I feel like we, that, we've figured that one out. Yeah. While writing it, you figured it out. Yeah. Well, Matt, would you like to get into some emails? Now that all the official business has been taken care of... I do have a little bit more official business, but it can wait. Because I, oh. like, I feel like we did get an email. I, so I have not said this... Uh, yet on the show, but I don't read these emails in advance. I might skim them a little bit, but I don't really read them ahead of time. And that has bitten me in the butt of cup a few times. But mostly these emails, no one is really taking advantage of that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like no one's really yeah. hit me with a yeah, a, so, a hardball fact, question. I, I encourage some listeners to write what seems like a normal email and mid sentence just shift into the 
darkest, dirtiest sentence. That'll be fun to read. Uh, this person asks, I feel like, again, some of these we might have read already. We're going back to March 7th, 2020. That's six years ago. Is that pre-quarantine? No, it's... Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Wow. Were Remember? We were so infection-free. I don't... Uh, science is still telling us that we might not be. I don't know. Anyway, look, this man asks, my, is this the best spoonerism? My wife asked if I was going to bed. I said, Papa Bear's sleepy, to which she said, Sloppa Bear's peepee. <laughs> yeah, that might be. That's pretty good. That's almost as good as uh, plot twists. Yeah, that's a great one. And also, you had uh, you went to a restaurant that had big portions. Yeah. Well, Matt, if you want to get into some spoonerisms, do you, are you doing the New York Times crossword puzzle on the daily? That's the one thing I've been doing every day. I do the New York Times crossword puzzle. I've been doing the puzzle. mini, but I kind of switched to Sudoku in the LA Times for quarantine for whatever reason. Because I like the tactile. I don't get the Times in paper form anymore. Oh, yeah. I've been using the app, and I dig it. Okay, I don't like the app. But today, there were three spoonerism clues. Okay, give them to me. Okay. Australian uh, Australian caution against entering the battlefield. This is it's probably too obscure. I needed to work these out, but once I figured them out, I really dug them. Australian caution for entering the battlefield? Australian caution against entering the battlefield. It's too complicated to just figure out. I'll just tell you what okay. it is. Okay. But mate, there's war. Mutt bait, where's Thor? No. <laughs> where's Thor? Where's Mutt bait? Where's Thor? No, Matt. And, it's and but wait. The Mutt have eaten you? But wait, there's huh? more. Yeah. Flips around to but, but wait, mate. There's more. But mate, there's war. The W and the M flip around. Now I'm going to oh, regret doing this. Eternal spoonerism. I get it. Just okay. a reminder the golf course is reserved for the guys tomorrow. That's a men's day warning. Wednesday morning. Mm. And then you got, would you mind getting that officer out of bed? Care to wake a major? Care to make a wager? <laughs> Those are all in the crossword puzzle today. Oh, That's spoonerisms. I think I, I can't remember. Did I? I submitted a puzzle to the Times that got rejected. Was it spooner? No, it wasn't. It was... The theme was sequels that have a lot of time from their original release. I remember this theme. You talked about it with yeah. me. Yeah. There's When those Spoonerisms show up in here, oh boy, I, I really like them. I think of you. I think of you I fondly. That. This is from Matthew Tennyson. Hey, my boogies. Your various podcasts are all I listen to while I'm out delivering packages. My question is to Matt specifically. On Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, Conan has jokingly stated that some of his guests know you better than him. Which of guests, which guests of Conan's are fans of you you didn't know you had? Keep on keeping on, Matt, the FedEx guy. Oh, boy. Well, it wasn't always that I didn't know it. I think it was more that Conan didn't know it. Um, I mean, I think he. I think he's also confusing if I've known them prior he thinks maybe they're fans which they aren't necessarily like well like i know tig dotaro and so we joked when she was on but david sedaris we've found out on many occasions is a big super ego fan and so when he came in he <laughs> he kind of 
once I introduced myself and he remembered that I had come from Superego, he kind of just stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> he was, and it was like the best day of my life, not just because David Sedaris was a fan and right. getting to meet him, who I just admire him so greatly. But the fact that he just stopped talking to Conan was just felt like the biggest victory in, I've ever experienced. That's fantastic. All right, this is from a fellow named Aaron. My bugs, it refills my heart every time you two pop another one of these stupid things out. Your bond of friendship is a beaten a beacon of light that is a beacon that lights the way in these dark times. May your lives continue to flourish and continue to flourish. With all the love in the world, Aaron from New York City. Matt, what do you think of my new tattoo? Matt, I'm going to send you this email. I'll forward it to you, and you can take a look at this tattoo. I can't tell if it's real. It looks Photoshopped to me, but maybe take not. Take a look at this tattoo. It's the only one I got. Oh, no. I'm waiting for it. This is my waiting for the email song. Oh, but I might not be able Hopefully to send you an email. It won't take long. Why? Because I think my internet is going to be a dick. Oh, no. Well, Matt, look, I'll just explain to you what it is, and you can tell me what you think. It's a red theater mask and a gold theater mask, and there's a banner underneath that says, Duke Dame, Duke Dame, Duke Dame. Oh, Jayquees, as you like it. It okay. is an invocation to bring fools into a circle. I love the internet. All right, Nicholas Guerin writes... Uh, What's up, my boogies? Long time, second time. I wrote you back in May 2018 to let you know about my Shrimps-inspired men's league championship victory. Well, now COVID-19 has our league and the high school I teach at shut down for at least weeks. Yeah, dude, it's almost two months later. Mm. The quarantine is necessary, but it, w- but it will be long. Could you guys crank out another few mailbag episodes so th- those of us who are in lockdown can have our ear holes filled with some spoonerisms and free throw scripture goodness? Yes, we're doing it right now. But we've, to this point, disappointed him greatly, I think. Last week, I had a dream of Matt Gorley-inspired children's play sets. Basically, it was a plastic house that would be a replica of his office, complete with M's office door, podcast equipment, Eisenhower's phone, forged letter opener, anvil, and a plushed, stuffed replica of Margot. The Conan package upgrade would include a tweed suit and watch fob. What can I say? I have weird dreams. I miss the shit out of you guys. Go screw Nick. (laughs) That's nice. Uh, This is from Adam Floyd. Hey, just saw Matt's house walk through in an article and was wondering if you have any ideas for what I could put in a small bell jar on top of my bookshelf. Love the pod. Keep going forever. Thanks, Dr. F. Yeah. Do you have any ideas of what could go in a small bell jar, Matt? A bell. How about... um, Light a copy of the bell jar by Sylvia Plath on fire, collect the ashes, and form that into a small giraffe or horse with just water and the ashes, sort of like a paper mache, but ash mache. And then you put that under the bell jar. Yeah. Then get a Taco Bell burrito and stick it in there. I would also suggest that you just take small, like a teaspoon of hope and put that in there. Also, if you can, Get a huge, make sure this is a huge bell jar, and then just get Lake Bell to live in there. Okay, so those are some of the things that you can do, and we appreciate you writing in, Adam. Uh, let's see here. This is a fellow who wrote in. His name is Kalen Knowles. He wrote us that Xenomorph zine. 
and he had some mm-hmm. alien Star Wars Photoshop business going on. His name's not Karen. Wait a minute. Mark pronounced my name as Karen, not Kalen, but that's fine. I must have misread this person's name, but it's Kalen. Anyway, you're both great, and you should commentate some sumo matches. They're only a second long sometimes. Other times, they can get up to a whole minute, but there's plenty of pomp and circumstance to fill with mindless blather. The thrills are quick, the action fierce, the men mountainous. I've never been into sports, but sumo's the closest I've got due to the tension of it all. May the wind forever be in your sails. Kalen Knowles. There's a PS on this, but let's talk sumo. You ever watched any sumo? Only in The Man with the Golden Gun. When we were in Japan, we were waiting for a a, a boat in in like a ferry dock, and there was a sumo match on TV, and it looked crazy. I would like to. We just watched a PBS, like a Nova special on fat, and they have a segment on sumo wrestlers. Because they're fat? Because they're they're scientists, <laughs> they're doing the research. Uh, yeah, that sumo's, was unrelated. Sumo and rugby are the two sports that I just sort of happened upon and watched a lot more than I thought I would, not understanding really what was happening. Yeah, Is I'd that, like to go to a match. Do they ever do them here? I don't know that there's any American sumo. That feels very exclusively Japanese. But there are American yeah. sumo wrestlers. Oh, really? I believe so. That, uh, are they Japanese yes. or are they I think Irish so. Guys? Yeah, just wow. a just some 99-pound Tommy McGregors. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Amanda and I happened upon the other day on ESPN because they are dying for sports. Yeah, I know. Um, Norwegian death diving. Have you ever seen that? No, but I've heard the music. <laughs> this is a bunch of guys and in denim shorts and then gals in regular bathing suits for some reason. And they do these high dives. And at the last, they're not even dives. They're like crazy, almost belly flops. They can be anything. The key is you have to hold the pose until the last second when you have to tuck in so you don't die. Oh. And then, then they get judged. Is this live that you're watching it? Or is this an old, this is old. I think it might be live because I think it was in Sweden where they just said, go fuck yourself. Yeah, pandemic. We're get, getting out and doing a bunch of string dances. We do what we like over here. Yeah. Uh, the P.S. on this is: if you were cast in a Star Wars, if you were cast in Star Wars, but had to voice a droid, what kind of droid would you choose? Oh, I'd want to be one of them torture droids. But now I, it's confusing because there's the torture droid, and then there's the one that's like the Mater D of the torture lab, the guy that checks him in. That yeah. You, You'll be on the master sail barge. I want to talk like him, but be the torture droid. Why wouldn't you pick like Phoebe Waller Bridges droid in in is that that's Rogue One, isn't it? I'm having a little meltdown in no, my brain. No, that's so that's Solo. in Solo. Yeah. yeah, I am thinking of Solo. Yeah. You're right. Or uh, or IG88 from the Mandalorian. Uh, you mean just because they have bigger parts? Yes. Don't you want to have more to do in the movie? I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll be um, for low M, for the love of money. I'll just be C-3PO. Okay. Uh, give me the biggest right. part possible. Okay, well, then I'll be Han Solo. Great. The droid? Yeah. This is from Evan. Hi, fellas. Just listening back through the shrimp gro- shrimpography. And in the episode from November 27th, 2018, a listener mentioned a crossword tournament. 
looked it up because of the corona, and it's been moved to September of our Lord's year of 2020. If you guys, if you think you guys could fit that in, that would be radical because it's in Stamford, Connecticut, where which is where I live. Would love to say hi and tell you where not to eat. <laughs> Keep shrimping my bugs and go screw. That's from Evan now, Gardner. That would be tough to call, right? Because they all just kind of have to do the crossword at the same time and get real quiet. I feel we would have to know the answers ahead of time too. How do you commentate you on a between thing? Between the two of us, we couldn't we couldn't figure it out. Not as fast I mean, as the people that are in a crossword tournament. Yeah, but we wouldn't have to do the whole puzzle. But they're doing a whole puzzle quietly. So while they're doing it, we could just talk about some of the. Look, if you want to see how good I am at crosswords, you can go to my Instagram, and I posted the bonus round from Merv Griffin's Crosswords, a game show that both of oh, both yeah. you and I did. But I mine aired, and yours didn't for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. I guess I was nude. I look like I live in my parents' basement and only do crossword puzzles and have <laughs> and have never had fun. That's what I look like. And I don't I still know. Got paid. I know you did. And I. And I did you get your Merv Griffin's Crosswords watch? Still have it. I st- I do it too. It needs a new battery. Should, My wife wears it sometimes. I w- I don't wear we should it. Should bust those out. I th- I'm positive I still have it somewhere. It's we got that sort of teal out. blue alligator band on it. Yeah, we should wear those like they do in mask and just wait for Merv to call us from beyond the grave. That'd be pretty great. You want to move what if on? He was all this time like anybody that was on that show that got that watch. He's summoning right now, and nobody's calling. Nobody's getting the answer because... The battery in mine is dead because Christina wanted to wear it out one night and it didn't have a battery. And she said, what's the point then? I'd like it to work if I'm going to wear it. I love that she wanted to wear it as a point of pride. Like, my husband (laughs) Merv Griffin's... My husband won $5,200 before taxes on this game show. And then we took a seven-day trip to Puerto Vallarta and the resort was really, really not great. And I got a lifelong sunburn scar on one of my legs. That's a true story. (laughs) You did or she did? She did. Our last day there, we were eating and she sort of like crossed her legs. She was wearing a, a dress and she kind of crossed her legs and the back part of her calf took the sunscreen off the front part of her other shin. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. So then after we ate, we sat and we waited for the transport back to the, to the, um, to crossword the air, studio. to the crossword studio, to the airport. And yeah, she just got fried. Just the worst sunburn I think I've ever seen. Oh no. So fond memories. This is yeah. from Shane Parker. Hello, Karim Bay and Dante Culpepper. Okay, this is getting ridiculous. I'm writing well, this. I know who my reference is. I know who mine is. is. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm writing this email after hearing Lowen Orson write an email reaching out to Jessica Marks, who had written an email to you, Bugaboo Screw Knuckles. I live a few hours from Homer and Ninichick, Alaska. And I'm starting to think there's this conspiracy unraveling where we will soon find out either all of Alaska is a Pistol Shrimps listener or every Pistol Shrimps <laughs> listener is living in Alaska. <laughs> this is our third person from the same Alaskan area writing into the show. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. You guys have to get together. I think so. Well, there's a, I know there's another Alaska email coming. So let's ask this oh question that Shane has. Matt, I'm on my sixth reread of the Fleming Bonds. They are my comfort food in life. And my little Fleming paperbacks are my favorite smell in the world. Hmm. That's not really a question. Do, do oh. your paperbacks have a smell? 
Yeah, they're those old. Um, what are they? They're penguin, right? Or why can't I f- remember what they are? Hey, man, they're your books, not mine. They're just out of my eye shot, so I can't remember. But yeah, they've, they're just these old pulpy paperbacks from the sixties. Yeah, they're so great, fifties and sixties. Mark, do you like the Ween song "I Don't Want to Leave You on the Farm"? Yeah, I love that whole record. Wait, can I answer that? I do too. Yeah, we both love it. I don't want to leave you on the farm. That pedal steel on that is so good. It's why I love Help Me Scrape the Mucus from My Brain. Yeah, that's a good one. I also like Japanese Cowboy. Pretty much any song on there except for Fluffy. I'm not a big Fluffy guy. Yeah. I love Powder Blue. Oh, yeah. And that Frenchman likes to party. Okay, bye. That's from Shane. All right, let's go on to Matthew Pickett. Oh, this says, feel free to read or not read. So maybe we're already getting some of these. I just want to write in. (laughs) All right, Matt, we'll go for it. Given the length, please feel free to not read on air or abbreviate however you please. First time, long time, wanted to thank you for the amazing, important work you do. It's been a sweet salve in bad times and a delightful delightful doy bomb, (laughs) a delightful joy bomb when things are well. Between this and spontaneous nation, you guys have given me the courage I need to start finally doing improv in Chicago. What's that got to be like right now? The improv in mm. Chicago when no one can be in the theater. Is it all on yeah. Zoom? It's all well, online. It's all people are doing shows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel it pertinent to tell you that at one point I used Pistol Shrimp's radio dialogue mashed up with Air Bud dialogue to create found poetry. I also cited your podcast in an essay about language and sports. So I must say that what you do must maybe a silly goof around fun time, but also has literary merit. I'd also like to (laughs) recommend reading Erratic Fire, Erratic Passion by Jeff Parker. He turns sports dialogue into poems, and it's actually quite beautiful. Oh, boy. Imagine taking Captain Maria's post-game talkdowns and And making poetry out of them. I could see it. This guy wrote, let's see, he wrote a... Oh, I've I've been rereading a memoir called Oppenheimer is Watching by Jeff Porter. And given your interest in the Cold War, Matt, this book might be right up your alley. Have you heard of this book, Matt? No. Oppenheimer is Watching Me. Oppenheimer is Watching Me. That's the book. Put it in your uh put it in your book app. Okay. Add it to your list. Oh, yeah. All right, I'd thanks. Be into that. Just... Thanks for uh thanks for the, thanks for thanks very much all the time. What? Thank you both very much for all the time, hard work, and compassion you put in this podcast and all of your other work. I wish you and your friends and family the best during these trying times. Thanks, Matt Pickett. Thanks, Matt Pickett. I'm going to get into the thicket, but I don't care about meter and I don't care about rhyme. Liam writes, fan of Superego, knew this show existed, but never took the plunge. Then I started listening after it was already over. Stop Making Sense by the Talking Heads is the best live album. All right, I could see that. Going well, through is the that something we talked about in episode two that we're supposed to know. I mean, probably. Uh, going through the catalog has shown me new music and movies to jump into. Convinced me to watch Platoon for the first time and listen to the song "Don't Know Much." I'm hooked. Thank you for what you do, and for the people it works for. Oh, wait, well, wait till you get into it. If if we're we're talking about "Don't Know Much," I mean, you've got treats coming your way. That feels early on, doesn't it? Don't know much about history. Is that the don't know much that we're talking about? 
It is the one I'm talking about. I'm thinking about the Aaron Neville. I don't know how much, but I know oh, that's how gotta be I love you. <laughs> yeah, because don't know that one I'm singing isn't even called "Don't Know Much." No, I don't think it is. <laughs> Casey Lyons writes, "Hey, my boogies." I've been a listener to the show since the very beginning. Allowing yourselves to display such deep, deep weirdness in a public forum is an act of pure heroism to which aspire daily. <laughs> which is why yes. I decided a complete re-listen was the best way to weather this virus that keeps me worrying daily and about the health of health and safety of my younger children and has gotten me laid off from a job that I truly loved. Oh, God. Oh, no. It's, a lot of people are going through the same stuff. Pretty much everybody. Yeah. I guess I'm just writing to say thanks for the profound nonsense. When reality gets too intense, I can close my eyes and be transported to my safe space at Fuckman's Leap or into the arms of John Tall Bitchwater. <laughs> I love that a safe place could be called Fuckman's Leap. Yeah, or that you'd you'd seek seek solace in the arms of John Tall Bitchwater. <laughs> That's a super ego reference, admittedly, but also one of my favorite things a human being has ever said. Sincerely, Casey Lyons. Thanks, Casey. What was that from? Was that? It sounds. It sounds like a yeah. I'm not going to take any lip from John Tall Bitchwater. Is his name dip down and suck him up swamps? Is his name John Tall Bitchwater? His middle name is Tall. Yeah, but it just has that cadence like John Ross Bowie, John Tall Bitchwater. Yeah, but is tall T like his height or is it like tall Bachman? It's John T A L L, which is the name, but he's also tall. Got it. And that's pure coincidence. (laughs) Brian Gartland writes Since the second mailbag episode, each new edition has filled my heart with joy and sorrow. Joy of joys to hear my men goof about, but shame and regret that I didn't get to one of you gents before the bag closed. Well, you're here. Luckily, it seems it. to be a Sisyphusian task, so I had to take time out of the end times to say hello and thank you for your hours of joy. I just got my friend Mike into the podcast, but he's way at the start. His last name starts with R, so I like to call him My Car. Mike R. I didn't get to the end of this episode yet, so I don't know if you finished reading emails or if this will be lost to the nethers, but I had to try. Just subscribe to Mascots. I have a Mr. Met tattoo. Bye. That's from Brian Gartland. We just talked about Mr. Met on the show. That'll be in an upcoming episode, probably out next month. Head on down to Stitch Premium. Get your mascots. Check it out. It's a wonderful show. Marky, you should be very proud. Thanks. It's fun to do. We're going to get you on there eventually. I'd like to do it in person. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'd be better. It'd be better. Yeah. This is. We'll do another hot tub episode. Yo, buddy. Let's wait till it's not 94 degrees, though. Okay. Or do you like a hot tub in a ninety in a ninety plus no, day? No, God, no, no. You want I don't it like heat at all? Uh, at night. Do you not like heat because of Al Pacino or because of Robert De Niro? Uh, I think it's it's more to do with uh, West Studi. It's not Michael Madsen's fault. No, it's more Ted Levine. But I do love hockey masks in a movie. Yeah. That's true. All right, this is from Jay Ferguson. I was thinking about old Tommy Hanks and his and his wife. I was thinking about old Tommy Hanks and his wife and is Rita Wilson the best or worst name to spoonerize ever? Thanks for getting to the bottom Rita of this, Wilson. Josh. Rita Rita Wilson, Wheat a Rill? 
Wilson. Wida Wilson. Wida Wilson. Yeah, it's not a it's not a great Hami Tanks though. On the other hand, that's a good one. Yeah, I do a Hami Tanks any old time. This is from Ryan Harder. Matt and Mark doing my patriotic duty to keep the show going. Now we're into mailbag times. This is these are people replying to the mailbag episodes. Okay. Regarding Tootsie, for some reason we've watched that movie twice during isolation, and oof, it has not aged well. Mark, interesting that you thought the movie was going to be about TV news. I wonder if it's because the poster had Dustin Hoffman posting, posing in front of an American flag. It doesn't make a lot of sense, even in the context of the movie. Matt, for some reason, I think you'd enjoy the safari director's jacket that Dabney Coleman wears in the movie. Am I right? Oh, anyway, thanks oh, yeah. for the laughs. Uh, yeah. You're a shining First beacon of, all, of any hope. any clothes that go on Dabney Coleman, I immediately like, just yeah. because they're in the vicinity of Dabney Coleman. You could really put me in the men of Tootsie fashion collection and i'm gonna be happy i like dustin hoffman's casual look i like bill murray's stuff wear like a a sweatshirt with cut off sleeves or something yeah i think so he just looks like he's shopping at like the late late 70s early 80s gap and i'm into it yeah i like it yeah maybe even sears yeah just when he's got that the sweatshirt is like steve mcqueen wears in great escape that's right you got it Here's another one. All right. Caitlin Arnold writes, here's a QQ for you during this pandemic. I didn't know what to s- I didn't know what to buy, so I ended up with a real mixed bag, one of which was a package of little smokies. How would you turn this into a dinner for two? Thanks and look forward to hearing you from you. Stay safe, Caitlin and Doug. How are you going how are you going to prepare I I'm probably just going to heat them up and eat them. To be honest, just split them right down the middle and have some little smokies. I'm going to bundle them all together with a rubber band into two bigger bundles and just go, here's your big smoky. I'm going to just dunk them in a barbecue sauce bath and tell Mississippi to come calling. What? I'm going to make a bandolier out of rice paper and put them in there like they're ammunition and then go, hey, my name's Rajo Badodo and I love eating bullets and then just eat it like a piece of licorice tape. Matt Ellis writes, hey, boogies, I was visiting a friend in Paducah, Kentucky the other day and we drove by a business named Seat Cover Gyms. Wow. Wait a minute. Is this uh, we've had a lot of Matts, or are you saying Matt, comma Ellis writes? No, this his is name Ma- his name is Matt Ellis. He writes. We've had a lot of Matts. A lot of Matts. I know it's a very popular name. Uh, I busted out laughing and thought I would go that would go well in the shopping center next to Furniture Dicks, God, God's Crazy Monsters Museum, the Rodney Morelli's International Cloud Registry. Turns out they've been around since 1947. Three generations of seat cover repair. If you're ever in the area, you can find it on Husband Road. Yes, seriously, <laughs> Husband Road. Could you guys do a quick ad for seat cover gyms? Also, Mark, thanks for the refrigerator repair tips on Instagram. Take care from Matt. Ah, welcome to Seat Covers Gyms. This is our commercial. So even though you're not here, you are welcome. This is not, I, and I'm not Jim. Neither am this I. Is Jim. My name's Tucker. I changed it from Jim because I was trying to get out from the oppressive thumb of my granddad who started this business back in 1947 on the co- corner of Husband Road and Divorce Avenue. 
Now, I, I said predisposed before in this thing in full disclosure that my name is not Jim, but it is seat cover. And it is the time to also disclose that I'll be goddamned if we even sell seat covers. If anything, we sell seat, just seats and not covers. But I suppose if you put a seat on top of a seat, it could be a cover. Uh-oh, my wife died. That's seat cover Jim's on the corner of Husband Road and Divorce Avenue. Three-for-one seat covers available to people whose names start with a weird letter like Crind. Look for us next to big-time ridiculous Ralph's Animal Husbandry on Husband Road, where he gets down with the street. You can also look up information about us in the Yellow Pages. We're not in there, but you could write all this down in the back of the Yellow Pages on a blank page and then read it to yourself after you forgot you did it. Look for us in the Green Pages, which is really just a book made out of money that you stitched together because you're a penurious miser, you bitch. I'm looking straight between your eyes right at your nose bridge, and there's a little car driving across it. Uh-oh, bridge too far. Blow it up, ridge over river quai. Seat. Cover. Gyms. Gyms. Open on nevers. Ted Pike writes in, and his email subject is, thank you from Minnesota. Gentlemen, first time, long time, I will try to keep this short. First, thanks for all you do. Shrimps, ego, bonding, octopusy strong, times four. Whoa. Oh. Both of your legendary various appearances on Dead Authors and Complete Woman, the list goes on. So many hours of joy you brought me and my fiance Taylor over a surprising number of years at this point. You two guys, you guys are two of the good ones. It's also cool to hear all the stories from PSR Mailbag of the folks near and far about the positive difference you've made and continue to make. Exactly the metaphorical medicine the world needs. One favor I ask. While we're grateful both to be staying healthy thus far, the virus sure has been a bummer. It'd be awesome if you'd wish Taylor a happy birthday. It's coming up and lockdown status means we won't be having quite the same get-together as usual. Well, hopefully your birthday is not in April when you wrote this in in March 26th. (laughs) (laughs) well taylor let's do this for 2021 happy birthday it's 2021 and the world is clean and germ free masks are illegal (laughs) barbicide and clorox have been moved to an island of their own the new official greeting of earth is licking each other in the mouth and nose Welcome to Seat Cover Gyms, where if you want to even get in the store, you got to lick a seat cover. And that is from our used as is and used and abused section. Happy birthday. Some of them seat covers still got asses in them. Happy birthday, 2021. Sincerely, Ted in Minneapolis. He says, thanks again for all and all our love to you, your talented spouses, and your furry offsprings during these crazy times. Also, Ted, uh, there's a P.S. He used to work at Menards in high school. Oh. Save big well, money at Menards. I, I wish he worked at Menards in high school. <laughs> Sometimes so hard I can't sit I can't down. Sit down. Look, this is from Jessica Marks. And she's from Alaska, and she wrote in again. I'm trying to find the most recent. <laughs> she's written in a bunch. I'm unironically watching Dire Straits live in Sydney in 1986 while I respond to this email. It does rival oh. any live show. Thanks for this email. I did listen today. I got real excited in my walking shoes when I heard it. 
The whole superego multiverse is my world. Thank you from the depths of my cold, bitter Alaskan soul for everything. Looking forward to meeting another shrimper. Fingers crossed he's not a serial killer from Jessica. <laughs> because I am, and I don't want a competition. Um, there's four people now confirmed uh, listening to Pistol Shrimps in Alaska, I or think, is it more? I think it's three, but... It's probably well, there's got to be one because when she came in to do Conan, first thing she said was, "I love Pistol Shrimps Radio." And she also said, "I really loved being the bear on the Masked Singer and singing Baby Got Back' by Sir Mix-a-Lot." Did she? Yes. Oh my God! How the non-mighty have fallen, but not far. They fell Even up. They're at great depths. They yeah, fell, up. fell up. All right. Hi, Matt and Mark. This is from Rachel Wary. Thank you so much for keeping the pistol shrimp magic going through this craziness. I've been going through a hard time since I lost my husband unexpectedly. Oh, boy. Oh, no. I'm now trying to navigate this scary time on my own. When I feel when I listen to you guys, I get to laugh and feel slightly normal again. Oh, boy. Well, I hope oh. that we're doing a good job. You want us to do another cr- sweet seat cover gyms ad for you? <laughs> Which, what's her name? Her name's Rachel. Rachel... If you would email into us, and I, if you're a fan of any kind of superego stuff or something, um, we'll send you some uh, extra goodies and things that aren't out, and maybe just some extra stuff to listen to. I know that's a stupid, dumb consolation, and I don't think for a second it's gonna fill any kind of void. But if there's anything we can do, we would be more than happy to. That's right, and that includes a gym commercial. That's right, the seat cover gym. Yeah, except we're opening a new branch called Jungle Gyms. It's not a playground for kids. It's a literal jungle. It's actually just the Amazon, but I put a sign up at the front of it. Good luck getting rid of that disease on your foot from stepping on that microbe. And the crazy thing is, it's still on Husband Road. Go ahead and swing around on a vine like a pitfall man. Hey, don't pull that chain, because that's probably an anaconda starring John Voight, Von Joint, Lennifer Jopez, and a bunch of bad CG. Jungle gyms! Come on down. We're open when we want to be. Rachel has a question, Matt. On to the question. Did you guys know that the musical Hamilton uses a spoonerism? No, I've never seen it. I know you've seen it. I have seen it. Here's the lyric. I get no satisfaction witnessing his fits of passion. The way he primps and preens and dresses like the pits of fashion. Oh, yeah. Fits of passion. Pits of fashion. fashion. Nice work, Lin-Manuel. I always liked how Lin-Manuel Miranda used a spoonerism as a rhyme, and they both make sense. Anyway, thanks again from Rachel. Good Good job, Lin-Manuel Miranda. And Rachel... Let us know. Yeah, I this, hope you're doing okay. This person just wrote in, shh, the Sabi is bleeping. The baby is sleeping. I guess. Were we being too loud? Uh, I don't know. We haven't made it out of March yet, Matt. Well, let's let's try to do one or two or three more. You got it. And then And then we'll get back on this train whenever we can, hopefully sooner rather than later. Gentlemen, this is from Benjamin Russell. Every day of the school year, the Library of Congress publishes a poem for students. On St. Patrick's Day, they sent this one out into the ether. It's called Fast Break by Edward Hirsch, and it's effectively a play-by-play commentary of... 
it's a f- sorry it's a play-by-play commentary of a brief hoops skirmish by the end of the regular series of game time episodes you guys felt like you'd actually accidentally learned something about basketball i was wondering as an experiment if you could have someone maybe amanda read this poem and then have you both run commentary on the game or maybe just read half of it to each other as a quiz to see if you could understand what's going on. I'll admit, I sat front row center for two for two seasons of basketball in high school as a scorekeeper. Got my only varsity letter for it and everything. There were some places I couldn't quite tell you what was going on. Not to shame anybody. I just thought it might be fun. Or maybe not. Maybe the mail, May the mailbag never run dry. And may the ball mag never run dry. <laughs> All right. Well, this is from Ben. In Concord, New Hampshire, a hook shot kisses the rim and hangs there helplessly, but doesn't drop. Okay, I know what that is. Matt, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I feel like a hook shot was the only kind of basketball shot I could ever make. I'm not good at the kind of straight on ones. A jumper? I don't know. And for once, our our gangly starting center boxes out his man and times his jump perfectly, gathering the orange leather from the air like a cherished possession and spinning around to throw a strike to the outlet. Yeah, I think that all makes yeah, sense. I mean, I, that's more, yeah, it's more poetry. I, I'm following. To the outlet, who is already standing, shoveling a hard, an underhand pass forward to the other guard, scissoring past a flat-footed defender who looks stunned and nailed to the floor in the wrong direction, trying to catch his sight of a high gliding dribble and a man letting the play develop in front of him in slow motion, almost exactly like a coach's drawing on the blackboard. Both, both forwards racing down the court the way that forwards should, fanning out and filling the lanes in tandem, moving together as brothers passing the ball between them without a dribble, without a single bounce hitting the hardwood until the guard finally lunges out and commits to the wrong man while the power forward explodes past them in a fury, taking the ball into the air by himself now and laying it up gently against the glass for a layup, but losing his balance in the process, inexplicably falling, hitting the floor with a wild headlong motion for the game he loved like a country and swerve, swiveling back to see an orange blur floating perfectly through the net. Yeah, I think that all makes sense. <laughs> okay, got it. This is from Jesse Dean. Hey, guys. I was genuinely impressed with your cover of Dire Straits' Walk of Life that you did in a previous episode. I stopped what I was Wait, doing. Wait, this is our Jesse Dean? Yes. I stopped uh, what I was Jesse doing. Jesse Dean and his fun machine. I stopped what Sorry, I was doing. Again. All right. I was genuinely impressed with your Dire Straits' Walk of Life cover that you did in a previous episode. I stopped what I was doing and listened to you guys work some impromptu magic with it. It was unexpected, and I'm sure it sure made some other folks smile, too. I'm sure it made some other folks smile, too. Because of that, I wanted to ask you if, will, if you'll do me a favor and your other listeners another music favor. Can you, one or both of you, please sing Mmm by Crash Test Dummies? You don't have to do all three verses, of course. Stay well. Sincerely, Desi Jean. Matt's going to rip a guitar off the wall. I think this is a good one to go out on. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I feel like, Jesse, you just setting me up for happiness, and I appreciate that. We ought to have Jesse on the show sometime. Yeah, can you do a? He'd have to. We we'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. This is the last email from March, so maybe it is a good place to leave it. Oh, it's a good one. Oh, it's a good one. Let's see. What's a good key? Once I got. I can't do it with headphones on. Okay. You can't Ready? do it with headphones on. 
well, because I'm not hearing the guitar, but I, I take an ear off. Hold on. Once there was this kid. It's not it's too high. Hold on. Hold on. Once there was this kid who got into an accident and couldn't couldn't come to school but when he finally came back his hair had turned from black into bright white he, he said that it was from when the cars had crashed so hard Fire bad. <laughs> Cookie. It <laughs> was. Oh, first two. There was this girl. It's still too. How is it too? Hold on. I gotta find the right key for this. It's an impossible. Once. Once. There was this kid who got into an accident and couldn't come to school. And when he finally came back, his hair had turned from black into bright white. He said that. Said that. It is so hard to do it over FaceTime. <laughs> I have to put it like in Capo 9. But that's probably... What does it say there that... There was this kid who... What? What does it say that it's supposed to be? Uh, Isn't it on the well, third fret, maybe? I don't even see that there's a Capo... Oh, yeah, Capo third fret. It's it, But it also kind of changes keys. So I, I don't really know. Look, Jesse, we did it, okay? And we did it well. Yeah. And I expect a perfect score on the survey that we're going to send you. It's five stars or nothing, please, Jesse. If I get anything less than five stars, my manager is going to be pissed and I'm not going to get my bonus. Oh my golly, I've got rhythm. <laughs> Mark, take us out. I like to imagine that the mm-mm-mms are the sound of the struggling man who's tied up in the trunk of this lead singer's car. Mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> He's singing. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride, lady. He thinks that the lead singer of Crash Just Dubbies is a lady? <laughs> no, it's from Creep Show 2. The Whoa. Fisher. Thanks for the ride, lady. What are you talking about? <laughs> Come on. If I make a Creep Show 2 reference, the world has to know it. We're right there with you. <laughs> Oh my Why god. Why don't we go out on Frank Maciel's story about the um, big black wave of tar? Do you think you can tell it? I don't remember it. I, I just remember you. he went to a our friend Frank years and years ago went to a matinee, I think, of this movie, Creep Show 2. 
and uh, th- there was a father and son sitting in the theater with him, and that was it. It was him by himself and a father and son, and the kid kept pestering the dad for, what's going on? Who's that lady? Is- are they driving a car? And the dad turned and said, I'm watching the same damn movie you are. So th- at the end of that movie, a-, a bunch of sexy teenagers go out swimming in a lake, and there's like a little raft where they can jump off and do flips and such, and this black ooze is sort of in the water sucking teenagers one by one into the lake and so after a few of them are dead the rest who are living still have to get to shore so they all make a break for it and one of them gets sucked in and one guy's left and he stands on the shore and he turns around and he says something like I beat you you asshole and then the the black ooze comes out of the lake onto the land and pulls him back into the lake and the dad just yelled I wouldn't have hung out and said anything to that damn Jello. I'd have boned out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that closes another episode of Pistol Shrimps Mails Bag. If you have emails for us, pistolshrimpsradio at gmail.com. We'll look at them, and I'll try to read them out loud for the first time without ever looking at them before this. Yes, and this is very important. We're working on fixing our feed. Because somehow it got split between our original feed and when we were on Stitcher. And the uh, longtime listener and friend of the show, Dan Engler, is helping us sort all that out. He's been amazing. But just stay subscribed here, and hopefully you won't have to do anything, but there may be news. But just just keep it in the back of your mind that we're fixing that and that just check the feed, I guess. I don't Matt, know. Matt, I think once we know that it's good, we'll probably put a little information out on the social media platform, Twitter and or Instagram, just to let people know that they might have to resubscribe, but we don't think that they will. Is that correct? No. If uh, Yeah. If, if anything, we do this we'll right. something up on the old Stitcher feed that says, move if you're it on over. this, make sure you're subscribed to this one. Right. But it should be okay. Which we don't want to lose you. We don't want to lose you. We need you during these yeah. trying times. Because if that happens, then Mark will stay on this feed and I will do a show on the Stitcher feed and we'll just separate and we will, but we'll just have our, we'll have the same conversation, but our tracks will be separated and you'll have to download both and splice them together. What's funny is we actually could do that because I'm we, recording, we we- I'm recording my individual audio right now and you're recording your individual audio without me on yours and you are not on mine. So yeah. We, That's how you know we'd have dedicated listeners, people who would download two separate files and, and try to play them at themselves. the same time like they're at a Flaming Lips parking lot or some shit. <laughs> Zyrica, the world's most burdensome podcast, Pistol Shrimps Radio. You, you have, have to, to put, put it, it together. together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love you, buddy. I love you, too. Talk to you in 2020 sometime. <laughs> Bye. Bye.